You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 355 and 356 of Fed by Ravens, where we are uh, really just having a conversation following the storyline of the scripture, chapter by chapter, in the year of 2018. Mm. And we are... About five episodes from being done. Glad you're here. Let's get right to it. What's in the OT today? Our Old Testament reading for today is Ezra chapter 7, verse 11 through chapter 9. So this section of Ezra starts off pretty amazing. I mean, pretty exciting. Yes. Um, And the arc of today's story with Ezra is going to go, you're going to see some familiar twists. Yeah, and actually, this is very familiar, where uh, the you could almost relate it to when Pharaoh sends away Israel mm-hmm. from Egypt, loaded mm-hmm. up, and everybody gives them all the gold and everything, and sends them away because just get rid of these plagues. Well, you got Ezra now in Babylon, mm-hmm. and Artaxerxes calls him up and says, "Hey, man, I want you." to go back again, because I don't know how many years now, it's been like 60 years. 60 years. 60 years since the original uh, exiles returned. Uh, 60 years since the temple has been officially rebuilt. And so now Artaxerxes says, I want you to go back. You are a scribe. You're a priest. I want you to take some more people with you. I'm going to give you everything you need from the king's treasury. Mm -hmm. I'm going to set you up with gold and silver. I'm going to give you letters and decrees that, that demand all the provinces around you to help and pull from the king's treasury to help this. You are completely protected and ordained. I want to make it easy for you, Ezra, to follow your God so that you can set up, not only follow your God, but set up all the rituals and sacrifices because, you know what? I believe your God is at least really powerful in that area. Yes. Yeah, and right now also in... um like the government region, like uh, region or whatever, uh, Artaxerxes is having to deal with a little rebellion from Egypt. Yes, who is being helped out by uh, the Athenians? How would you say that? Athenians. Athenians. The- Athenians. Yeah. Yeah. So they're being helped out by basically Greece, and they're starting to work together to try to overthrow Persia. And so Artaxerxes is trying to shore up. Um, all of his weak spots. So by sending this delegation to Jerusalem to kind of reestablish proper worship and everything is kind of a also a political safeguard for right. him. So the motives are always mixed, mm-hmm. and that's what we see throughout the story of Scripture. But God still uses it. God is over all the leaders, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't matter their motives. He can take what you mean for evil and make it for good. And mm-hmm. in this case, you, you really start to see now at this point in the story several uh, powerful kings under the leadership of God Almighty. So, oh, right, yeah. you know, you have, like, first Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. Then you have Darius. Mm. Then Cyrus. Then Cyrus. Well, Cyrus, Darius, yes. Cyrus, Darius, and now Artaxerxes. Mm-hmm. So, again... Well, even Xerxes before him. Yeah. Because of Esther. Esther, and, uh, Esther and Mordecai. So you just see the hand of the Lord upon them. And, and after Artaxerxes writes this letter, basically saying, I totally want to set you up. Yes. Uh... Ezra's response at the end of chapter 7 is, Blessed be the Lord, the God of our fathers, who put such a thing as this into the heart of the king, to beautify the house of the Lord that is in Jerusalem, and who extended to me his steadfast love before the king and his counselors, 
And before all the king's mighty officers, I took courage, for the hand of the Lord my God was on me, and I gathered leading men from Israel to go up with me. Yeah, and this is pretty great, because this is a actually a, an attitude shift for Artaxerxes, because previously he had received a letter from the governors right. from the area saying, hey, these guys are rebellious, don't let them rebuild the wall. He said, okay, don't let them. But now he's changed his tune, probably because of the war and... Egypt, and so he's like, uh, actually, I need ev- all the help I can get. Um, let's send him. So, and also, it's a he was pushed back to look at the previous words yeah, of kings of the kings before him. He probably found Darius and Cyrus right. his things, and was like, oh, you know what? They've benefited us. Yeah, which is so it mirrors what God does for His people because Ezra is going to remind and bring back this commitment to the Word of God yes. in the rebuild. So now you see this uh, genealogy, and when I start to read a genealogy, again, in the past, mm-hmm. this year I'm more connected to the narrative. Yes. I remember, oh, there's been lots of genealogies. We haven't read any for a while. Right. But this one, if you can actually stop and read the numbers, you realize this is really beleaguered. Yeah. I mean, the numbers are like 50, 70, there's 28, I think mm-hmm. 300 from a tribe. Yeah. And again, I know this is another return back. But still, with all of the uh, momentum and the support of the king, you would think more people would go, hey, let's go back. This sounds mm-hmm. great. But, and, and what it made me think of with genealogies is the ebb and flow of church. Right. So like, there's times where there was a time when the 12 tribes were counted out and it was 40,000, mm-hmm. 50,000, 100,000. And, and it goes through times of it's 100,000 to it's, okay, it's 2,000 and now it's 50. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't diminish what God is doing, right? And it's actually not a, it's it's just showing that God's faithful. Yeah, and uh, I think even in this genealogy, we get do we get the son of David mm-hmm. in this genealogy? Well, that's that's you start to see that's what God cares about yeah. is the seed is the uh, the savior. Yeah, it's not about the numbers. God's not like, oh, we're doing really good right now. We're it's really alive because we have five million. He's like, I got fifty. I don't care. Is uh, my because my son is in there. Yeah, so we have um, someone from the lineage of David still, the royal lineage, and then we also have someone from the lineage of the priesthood of Phineas, which is pretty amazing, and Ezra being one of them. But as Ezra takes a yes. first look at the guys who have volunteered to return, he's recognizing. Why are there no Levites? Yeah. What's still a great question. He's like, why Why are the priests and the caretakers of the temple not showing up for this? Right. And so he does some research and finds a little priest school in Babylon and in the area, and he sends out some of his leaders to go recruit some guys, and they actually get uh, like 38 guys, Yeah. which is still like a small number. but And then they get like 220... Uh, Temple servants. Right. People who at least can can help work the temple. Yes. Not be priests, but, no. but work like, the temple. Work out and support the Levitical duties. And so he's like, okay, there we go. All right, we're ready. And so you, when you have everything set up, it's like, oh, but now we need the people. It's like the fields are ripe, but where are the harvesters? Yeah. Like, wh- okay, who's going to work it? Who's going to go into ministry and be a pastor? Yeah. Now? Like, we're going to go show up to this temple and we have nothing to offer, really. And we're bringing a ton of stuff. And so then he does a, what does he do? Like a, a fast. Is it three days or is it just a, 
He just says it fast. He fast because he realizes now I have to go on a safe journey, but I have tons of gold and silver and money and decrees from the king, but I'm too embarrassed. Not embarrassed, but he's like, I don't want to ask for king's soldiers because the king knows I, the hand of God is on me. Yes. So we're fasting and praying, saying, God, I mean, talk about praying for travel mercies. Yeah. Because the opportunity to be robbed is a very high percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a big group. It's your they easy have pickings. 35 tons of gold. Right. Millions and millions of dollars worth of gold yeah. coming straight from the king's treasury. That are on. On paths that are not exactly patrolled by police officers no, and or it's well like lit at night. Month, like months of travel. Right. And so he de- declares a fast. They fast. They ask God for safety. And he says, and God listened to our entreaty. Then he assigns all the gold to, uh, I think, 24 guys, 12 priests and 12 Levites to like, okay, you guys are in charge You're- of protecting all of this gold that and this we're gold is back. holy. So remember, this yeah. is holy, and you're holy. Yes, you're set apart to carry this. You're carrying the vessels of the holy God. Guard them. I'm going to split them up so that if mm-hmm. one of us gets taken down, all of it's not taken. Right. And uh, let's ask the Lord to protect us, and He does. And He does, and and, and they get there, uh, in the clear. Like it seems like they were. Totally protected all the way through. It did remind me, though, of the Exodus. Like, instead of, it didn't take 40 years. They got through, mm-hmm. trusted the Lord. And then he gets there. So I don't know if there's anything else to say no. about chapter 8. But he gets there, and he finds out. Well, no, well, I, do, I would say he gets there. And when he gets there, they take a three-day break right. in Jerusalem. So they get there before they, like, do any of their proper exchanging, they just rest for three days. That's true. Which is awesome. So like they're fasting just like, and Sabbathing. They're like, okay, let's enjoy the fact that we got here safely. And now after the, on the fourth day, then they exchange the gold with the current leader of the of the temple. Sorry, excuse That's me. Good. And uh, yeah, and then they're like kind of rejoicing at this like victory that they yeah, just Yeah, and it's encouraging the people who've been there doing the work. Like, mm-hmm. wow, Artaxerxes is for us. Yeah. This is fantastic. But then, this is the cycle and the arc, the narrative I'm mm-hmm. talking about. So God has given great victories. You've fasted. Now you've rested. Everything and, looks great. And then the reality of our life on earth is that uh, redeemed, saved people who should have been wiped out still struggle with the same things. It's sin is a condition. Yes. And so he realizes what's been happening is that the people, uh, not really under the leadership of the Levites or anyone who is remembering the word of God, mm-hmm. they've been intermarrying. With the with people of the land. The people of the land. And what that means is you're mixing. When you marry someone, you're becoming one with them and their gods. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue. It's not like a just purely a racial thing. Like they're mm-hmm. different. It's... They worship different gods, and so that's part of the um, the law that Ezra brings back. He's like, I know the story. I'm a scribe, mm-hmm. and I'm a priest, and this was always the thing God said. When you go into the promised land, you're a distinct people carrying the seed of the Savior. Like, mm-hmm. from you, you're going to save. You have a bigger call. You're not just trying to survive. Right. You're trying to bring the salvation of the world and be a priest to that, and so you got to be set apart and holy, which means... You can't intermarry, and uh, you can intermarry. Like, you can marry uh, Rahab right. after she's converted and she worships right. and acknowledges your God. So, again, right. it's not even racial. It's a religious thing. 
uh, for a bigger purpose. And so just he finds audience. out that it's not just the people, but it's the leaders, like yeah. the Levites, the priests, the government leaders have already have themselves intermarried. Yeah. And he's going, oh, no, we're back exactly where we started. The cycle's repeating. In, like, the book of Judges. Yes. We're exactly. back here. We didn't drive the people out of the land, and now we're marrying them and adopting their cultures to ours. And so he, he, what I would have considered a very overdramatic response, but now I'm understanding, like, man, you just saw a lot of great victory, yeah. and, I'm, and I've seen enough great victory and then hit this wall <laughs> enough it's- that you're like... Oh, God, why? And he, like, tears his hair out. He rips his clothes, and he just mourns. He is appalled. And, yeah, because at first you think, oh, he's just a holy guy, and he's like, oh, we got to repent for this. Mm -hmm. This is bad. But, no, he's actually like, what are you doing? I've worked so hard. You're walking right through the plants I just planted. You're killing every... Like, he is uh, upset because he knows... We were just destroyed for this, and and now we're allowed back. He goes, we're sinning again, and you're... You're not supposed to seek their peace. Right. So you're seeking the peace of the surrounding nations by going, yeah, let's work together. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, no, no. They don't have peace. Right. I allowed, you know, anyway. So he mourns and fasts. And he does another, <laughs> like Daniel, does another corporate confession. Yeah. He actually includes himself in this. Because, again, we once we get into this, we recognize we are all connected to one another, yeah. especially through Christ. And so... He corporately confesses the sin before God and asks for restoration and forgiveness. Right. I was thinking, too, like, about intermarrying. Mm -hmm. For him, it's almost like this idea. I didn't grow up on a farm or anything, but the idea of, like, you don't name your chickens. (laughs) Because sooner or later, you're going to have to eat them. Right. And so the intermarriage is like, hey, if these people aren't going to repent and worship the Lord, that's not what your life is set apart for. Right. So don't. You, you're, you're mixing idolatry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've had the king's support. You've had ridiculous protection. We're rebuilding. We can't rebuild on mixed. Yeah, we deserve to it? be destroyed. Clay and what was the feet? It was like clay and iron. Clay and iron. Yeah. It is like that idea. So Ezra's called to remind the people of God's laws because he knows the story. Yeah. Yeah. And the story is for life and not next episode. We'll see how the people respond. Let's see what happens. Thanks, Ezra. What do we got today in the New Testament? Our New Testament reading for today is Revelation chapter 13 through chapter 14, verse 13. Let's remind everyone uh, a very important theme about apocalyptic literature. Yes. Can you remind us, Matt? Yes, okay, so when we're reading apocalyptic literature, oftentimes we come to it thinking, oh, we're supposed to use this as a way to predict what's going to happen. Yeah. That is not the point of apocalyptic literature. It mean, Apocalypse means revelation, and the point of it is to reveal the reality of the way things are. And so it's like the spiritual reality of our idols are being revealed, of mm-hmm. the church are being revealed in this book and showing like, this is how God sees all of this stuff that's going on. And we just see like, oh, the, the, our government is like really nice. And our things, like all our little malls and areas are like great little things that we love. And, but God's starting to strip away and say like, look, a lot of this stuff is riddled with idolatry and controlled by Satan. Right, so apocalyptic literature 
is the literature that's revealing this, the the heavenly kind of realities of what's going on now. Yes. With this, there's prophecy to it. And that's yes. where I think people think predicting. But the prophecy is, this is what it is. You're getting a heavenly view of what's happening now. And the prophecy of it is, it's going to eventually be ended. Mm-hmm. That's that's the prediction of the future is that yeah. God, the only future we know for sure from Revelation is God's going to end it. Yes. But I will say to the reality, like you're mentioning malls, is we've driven around towns and you mm-hmm. realize uh, cities used to be centered around a church. Right. And now every major city, the center of it is hospitals. We worship mm-hmm. our health and we worship banks yep. and institutions of economy. And those are our temples, and that's what we worship, or malls, shopping districts, right. you know? And so uh, now you might say, well, we have to have those. Yes, but just realize we're looking to those f- to make our lives complete, Yes, and they don't have that power. They're always going to leave us feeling dead, although they might provide some things along the way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so because so, we are in the heart of Revelation, mm-hmm. we just want you to know this is the heavenly reality of things that are happening now, have happened in the past, and will in the future happen right. and be uh, completed. It's like the framework. Yes. It's the cycle that we are just in because of sin. So, right now, Matt, can you... I can't honestly remember. Okay, so the last thing we had was the woman and the dragon, and we got introduced to this great dragon. But are we post the seventh seal? Or is this... The seventh seal's opened. Yeah, but this the, seventh is all... seal, the seventh seal's done. This is like a new... This is a whole That's new right. scene. scene. Basically, re... It's That's like another right. way to look at what we just already looked at with the seven seals and the seven trumpets. So we saw all that happen in the throne, the coronation of Christ mm-hmm. and the seven seals were up in heaven when Christ was yes. crowned. So now we're seeing Satan's war against the church. Right. And so Satan was thrown to the earth, mm-hmm. uh, most likely at the coronation of Christ or, yes. or something. And so now we're working through that. And we just got to the dragon trying to devour the woman, yes. which is the church. Now the beast... The first beast. So the dragon has two beasts. Yes. The first beast rises up. Out of the sea. And this beast ha- has all the marks that we saw of the beasts in Daniel. Yeah, so it's a mix of all the... So if you remember in Daniel, Daniel saw four creatures rise out right. of the ocean. And this beast that rises out of the ocean is a mix of the four creatures. And so just using our brains... We would come to oh okay these this is like the government powers of the world that are under Satan's dominion right so the dragon is basically a grown up serpent mm-hmm. and the dragon then is using this beast to r- rule political like as political leaders yes and so he's using um, using these political leaders to persecute, persecute. and deceive the world blaspheme and make war on all saints in heaven on earth essentially he hates god and i mean for the people reading this at the time they would definitely see this aligned with like the roman government and how it works because the caesars were calling themselves the sons of god well uh they they would ascribe to themselves uh that's, terms of deities and, and that's getting like that. into the second beast so the first beast is really like that and you can see throughout history every hundred years there's a political leader that causes complete havoc i mean mm-hmm. you could be like hitler was right was used by satan right stalin or whoever and but then the end of that first beast is this call for endurance and the idea is don't let uh, any man undermine god's authority or or i was thinking of it's 
he's leading you to obey man rather than God. Yes. Under that system. Then the second beast mm-hmm. raises up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, at the end of it, it's always the call for endurance and faith to the saints. Yeah, and again, the uh, um, it is said, like, again, God's people are marked and protected. And while they can yes. be, just, like, uh, hurt and attacked by... Uh, Satan's forces, they will not be utterly destroyed. Right. All who are sealed and recorded in the book of life. Yes. And so uh, so as you're reading these things, it's easy to start going, oh, who is this and who mm-hmm. is that? You're like, no, these are just the systems that have been in place. Yes. In place, but God uh, is, is reporting on what's happening on the dark side, pretty right. much. Then the other beast raises up, and it has two horns like a lamb, mm-hmm. And what you're going to start to see, especially with the second beast, is that all of these are going to be counterfeit. Let me start from the top. So the first counterfeit is dragon and two beasts. That's Mm -hmm. three. Yes. So the counterfeit of Satan is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's anti-Trinity. Yes. And so Satan is trying to produce his own Trinity. Yeah, so so if you really really want to get kind of specific with it, you have Satan who's trying to resemble... God the Father. Yes. You have the political leader who they they're claiming to be the Son of God, so it's like mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And then the second beast is the spiritual leader yes. who's doing wonders, signs, and miracles. And he spoke, yeah, like he, the Holy Spirit, right? And he spoke like the the dragon. But this the second beast is allowed to uh, breathe. So it says he breathes. He he takes an image and an idol of God and makes it living, mm-hmm. which is the spirit of God. So when God mm-hmm. creates. He created by speaking. Yes. And so this second beast, to me, and I didn't read this anywhere, I'm just picking this up from the narrative, is absolutely his counterfeit Holy Spirit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To create life. But what you learn as you read this is, uh, and everything he's doing is to give praise and speak on behalf of the dragon. Uh, The dragon and the political beast. And the political beast. So, but everything is counterfeit. So he gives life so that you can kill the saints. Yes. He gives a mark. We'll get to the mark of the beast, mm-hmm. which is actually to enslave you because mm-hmm. it controls the economy. You're basically branded. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, does fake miracle miracles that are proposing a lie to worship uh, the serpent. Yes. Now, this is where we get so the fake number. Now, here's what I hope you're starting to see. It's all counterfeit. So God is three in one. He's trying to do three in one. God has marked his people with the sign of the cross on their yes. foreheads. Um, he puts a mark on them. Mm-hmm. God has the number. Everything is sevens, right? Yeah, I mean, seven, we, seven, seven. we still have seven days in a week. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Where mm-hmm. did that come from? It just evolved? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, and so he chooses the number just short of 777, which mm-hmm. is 666. Right. Um, and then we will make note of this. Throughout the years, everyone's tried to figure out the number of the beast. Mm-hmm. If you add up the it's like the Hebrew letters have numerical Nero, value yeah. and it, it adds up to Nero. Neron Caesar, yeah. Neron Caesar, which oh he's the Antichrist and the mark of the beast, which absolutely he is a type of that. Yeah, he was, especially to the people who are reading this. Right. It's so, again like reminding, like just showing, like, look, this is how Satan's working now yes. and how he will always work until the end of time. And this is why it's important to understand the apocalyptic prophecy of this. It was revealing the current of the day, which mm-hmm. was written, the current political forces being used by Satan, and it does the same today. Yes. So insert your own leader yeah. who is being used by uh, the dragon. And I do want to make a mark of the second beast who 
is a like it's like the spiritual or false religions of yes. the days of our day and the days before where it's just heretics come out of the church or yes. around the church well, and base things off of the Bible and things that they've heard and it's all very confusing and it's to mislead the saints. So chapter 13 really is exposing and revealing the dragon, Satan, and his his fake tr- anti-trinity, yes. which is to work outside of the church and political structures and come from inside the church to confuse miracles mm-hmm. and confuse the gospel, which through our epistle reading, that's all everyone's... Uh, talking about talking about is like do not take the false doctrines the false gospel mm-hmm. you need to hold to the words of christ and the apostolic teaching and um, so this is revealing what they're experiencing and what we're experiencing mm-hmm. and the chapter 14 then moves to the other side yeah then it flips this same moment to heaven yes which and is great we get our third reference to the 144,000 who are sealed, who actually carry the mark of God. Right. And on Mount Zion, so yes. like the mountain of God, the lamb is there, his church is there, marked and sealed, the true God of creation and all life, he speaks. Yes, and they are singing a new song. A that, real song. That they are only, that only the people of God know and can understand and have any ability to sing and participate in. And you need to understand the sim- the symbolism going on here. 144,000, there's this crazy verse, who have been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. I want you to know, again, this is a revealing of spiritual realities. The church, which mm-hmm. is the 144,000, a symbol of complete church, right. is the woman... And the church has not defiled herself by worshiping other gods. Yes. Because so, if you recall from any of our other readings, especially with Hosea, yeah, uh, idolatry is always acquainted uh, or e- equal to uh, adultery. Adultery, right. And so we have committed adultery, but we've been made clean. Mm-hmm. So the church is a virgin. Yes. Don't get confused and all of a sudden start uh, making this book apply to... It just you're reading it doctrinally instead of mm-hmm. a revelation of what's happening in the, the heavenly realities. Right. So it's those, and not only is the church a virgin and clean and um, faithful, but she follows the lamb wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. And these have been redeemed and are the first fruits of God and the lamb. And in their mouth is no lie. They are blameless. So everything is the opposite of the beasts, of the fake mm-hmm. trinity. You got the real trinity. Then... God sends his um, his three word angels. out. This is what's crazy. He has three angels. Mm-hmm. And you start to realize God's love is greater than everything. Yeah. Because these angels go out. Okay. I just connected some yes. cool stuff here. Do it. Okay. So the three angels, if you start to think about it in what we just read, yeah. it's combating the three realities of of the dragon, the first beast, and the second the beast. The political beast and the religious, religious beast. beast. So we have... Uh, the first one goes out and gives the eternal gospel, Yep, which says, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of the water. Worship the creator who made all life, not the faker. Not, yes, not the dragon who just raised a beast from the sea and a beast from the earth. Worship the creator. He will save you. 
Which, That's the gospel. Which Paul addresses in Romans where he says, we naturally, idolatry is mm-hmm. worshiping created things right. and ascribing to them God's attributes. So we worship the creator. Also, it's he's also in this little gospel message saying uh, the destroyer, the dragon who's trying to devour the woman, who's trying to devour yes. the church, just he he will not be successful. Yes. God will save you from that. Well, that's the second. Then we get to the second angel who says, um, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She who made all the nations drink the wine of her of the passion of her sexual immorality. Idolatry. This is idolatry. And then, again, this is what the political leaders especially were always trying to do. And Babylon, again, is just a representative of God's enemies, a political representative of God's enemies. So he's now the second angel saying, the second beast is going to fall. Yes. He is fallen. Mm-hmm. Then first, The first beast is fallen. The second beast is fallen. Well, the first beast, sorry. The first beast. And then we get oh, the yeah, third sorry. angel who says, if anyone worships the beast in its image and receives the mark on his forehead or his hand, he will also drink the wine of God's wrath. So again, it's now it's, if you believe the words of the second beast and you follow the first, you will receive the same destruction that he has right you get what your leader gets Mm -hmm. but the love of god here is that even in the midst of all this chaos he's calling people to repent he's Mm -hmm. giving them truth right like that's loving right and um i don't know and then it switches so those are the three angels but now it switches to the people of god right and here is a call again for the endurance of the saints and those who keep the commandments of god and their faith in jesus Mm -hmm. see the story arc is not tricky or hard to get, grasp. Right. If you're not trying to figure out the prediction of the future and you just realize, oh, this story is still about faith. Mm-hmm. Only now it's faith, not just in my own works of the commandment, but faith in Jesus Christ who will produce his good work in me. Right. And so you get a father and son speaking here mm-hmm. uh, at the end of our reading where he says, um, blessed he says, I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Mm-hmm. And then it's like authenticated the spirit. Blessed indeed, says the spirit, that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow them. Yeah. So your deeds follow you. The only deeds you and I have as followers of Christ now are the deeds of Christ because we've repented and asked that you expunge and wipe away all of our deeds. Right. And so the deeds that stand up are the deeds of Christ that we grasp by faith. Um, I just love that if you just follow the story, the culminate, this goes back to Ezra. The question is, even when God sets us back up in life, how are we going to not intermarry? How are we going to not uh, pollute with the same idolatry? It's over and over again. And the revelation is, yep, you're seeing the, the heavenly realities. When you become saved, you start to see these heavenly realities. And we need you to know they will be they will culminate in a great battle where the God of all creation saves his kids. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Praise God. Praise God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty who was and is to come. Our psalm for today is Psalm 145, verses 14 through 21. The Lord upholds all who are fam- are all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. 
The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We'll talk to you next time.